Alrighty, everybody, you hear the noise. It is time out with Patty C. We have a little Matt Bolton, a little intro. Uh, we have the Winter Solstice. He does a great version of Shakedown into, I don't know who that, that Robert Frost uh, poem he does, which is crazy. But here we go, another episode, and, and I'll turn this down just a little here. Now, remember, everybody, this is Time Out with Patty C. This is the podcast when you're stuck in time out. This is what you think about. What goes on in your head in time out? And we are now in round one of the playoffs. So we've taken bracket one and bracket two and put them together. And here we go. Now, it's it's there's not I don't think there's going to be many um, knockovers or push outs through the, the side door. We've got some bands going up against each other. So let's say hello, Papa Gig. Say hello to the crew. Hello. It's getting serious. Looking forward to the playoffs. It's crunch time, baby. It's going to be fun. You, you got it. T.D. Whitman. Uh, let's try to keep it real tonight, everybody. <laughs> hey, DJ. Good evening, everyone. Let's rock and roll. And YOLO with a capital Y O L N O. <laughs> Great to be here, Pat. All right, there you go. So, a first, the first two we got it. We got you two against the Talking Heads. Now, I'm a big T Heads fan. So I'm at Stony Brook '77. I put the albums together, uh, and I just looked at it. We're looking at the top three albums from all the bands. Now, here's my personal opinion. I put War, Joshua Tree, and Unforgettable Fire together against Head 77, Fear Music, and Speaking in Tongues. But I, I'm going to just start it off that I didn't even add new U2 stuff, which I I don't know. I'm not going to tell what my opinion is going to be, but who wants to jump in right away? Papa Gig, what do we got going on? I'm all over you two. I think their debut album, Boy, they wrote this when they were 18 and 19 years old. The themes on Boy, you know, young guy's adolescence, uh, Bono reflecting the loss of his mother. Edge's, you know, Edge's guitar is good then. It's, it's great now, but Boy was a great debut album. Then I'm going to hop ahead to Joshua Tree. That was like their, you know, that's welcome to the world and rock and roll and stadium concerts. Joshua Tree just totally broke it open for them. And then they kind of rebooted and uh, they released Octone Baby when they were working with, uh, well, they're still working with Brian Eno as a producer. They went to Berlin and made Octone Baby and kind of reinvented their sound again. So I'm taking those three albums for different points in their career, different yes. sounds. And I think that's, uh, I'll put that up. Those three albums, I'll put that up against a lot of bands. I think they're pretty fantastic now. So I'm a big U2 fan. I'm pulling those three together for my uh, my top three U2. Yeah, those no, those those are three big ones. You know, I could see maybe the early two holding in with the heads there for a little while. Um, but at the same time, you know, David Byrne wrote everything on his own, and his later stuff got a little sketchy. And they're not together anymore. TD or DJ or Yolo, what? Who, who do you have in this bracket? So I'm I'm with Gigs. I uh, I'm a big U2 fan, and I, I said this previously when we discussed U2. Um, I would never, at any point in my life, consider them my favorite band, and yet I think uh, they've probably been one of my top five bands for most of my lifetime. So narrowing it down to three albums is really hard. Uh, yeah. But I, I would go with uh, Unforgettable Fire, Joshua Tree, and Octung Baby. And, yeah. But I really like the later stuff as well, which a lot of people don't. A lot of you know, hardcore U2 fans really don't like Zuropa and Pop. Um, you know, but they've, they've just been uh, relevant throughout their entire career, I think. And unfortunately i'm also a really big talking heads fan but yeah i you know i i really have to you know take issue with the bracket master here uh you know but that's hey that's those are the breaks and for me uh i could pick probably any three u2 albums and and i'd probably move them through over just about anybody sorry sorry yeah. talking heads <laughs> no problem dj or yolo and I, I, 
Me personally, I prefer the talking heads. I love, there was a stretch where I just, everything they were putting out, I loved uh, True Stories. Uh, I loved the movie. Uh, Little Creatures and Remain in Light would be the three albums I think I would choose. Sure. But that being said, for the purpose of the brackets, I, I would have to say that you too would be the winner based on the body work, uh, the, 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 the length of the career, because what you said is true. David Byrne was really the heart and soul of the Talking Heads in, in a creative sense, even though they were truly a band. Yeah. And, you know, they um, when they stopped, they stopped. And uh -huh. you two reinvented themselves in a way while still being unmistakably you two. And like, again, not my, you know, not a go to thing. I got to hear some you two today, but I did go see them. I'm trying to think of the tour. Um, Shit, but they were fantastic, and uh, so I, I would have to say, although the preferences of Talking Heads, you two wins. Yeah, and Yolo is it, is it going to be an? Uh, um, well, you know, you know I'm uh, a, a pretty big Talking Heads fan myself, and um, I was going to go see David Byrne on Broadway, and then COVID, well, they had that first run on Broadway, which was a huge success, and then he was going to do it again, sure. and then COVID hit and stopped it. Uh, but I think it's hard to be early YouTube. You, um, yeah, they're pretty masterful songs uh, that you can just listen to over and over. Yeah, you know, I, I had trouble picking the top three, and then I look at in the list that I have. It is twelve. It's it's a couple live albums in, but you know, beautiful day, stuck in a moment, and you can't get out. Elevation and walk on the first four songs of that album that didn't even make my top three. I, know. <laughs> I thought same. the same thing. Same, same. <laughs> but uh, you also throw in. Um, I highly recommend uh, Stop Making Sense or Start Making Sense. They're from your area, and they play down in Asbury Park a yeah. lot. Yeah, and, they're, uh, from, it's a they're from show. Bethlehem. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. They're, um, they're playing tonight, I think, in Connecticut. Oh, wow. Ah, At I an outdoor that. show. Maybe uh... <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've <laughs> said – I've said <laughs> – Yeah, I've said multiple times that uh, – you know, they're like a, that was the first tribute band I ever went to see, and because I couldn't see the Talking Heads anymore, and yeah. it's really cool that they're local. But now they're so popular that they almost never play locally. <laughs> so you used to be able to see them in Bethlehem like once a month or once every two weeks, and now you can never see them. And you can even see them at the Fun House. Yeah, little, yeah, I've, rock, I've seen them twice house. there, where you do, like you could just reach out and touch them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although they don't like that. <laughs> so, so for DJ and Artie, the fun house is as big as uh, uh, Tarazin. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it is a rock and roll dive bar, but it is fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. The dive bars are the best. Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you guys heard of the band Pink Talking Fish? <laughs> no. I heard that it's name. A, it's a band that mashes up Pink Floyd, the Talking Heads, and Fish. <laughs> that sounds like a great evening. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mashing up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and what's that? What's that band that comes? They, they mash up the Dead and the Allman Brothers. TD, you might know them. Uh, they come. They uh, they come around. Here. I forget the name. Um, but it's kind of like the same thing. I'm like, okay, you were already jammed for 12 minutes in for like Scarlet <laughs> into Fire, and now you go into Whipping Post for another 30. <laughs> They play four yeah, songs. Thank you. Good night. See Reckoning. At, oh, um, we, every song was the end of set intensity. <laughs> no, we called that uh, something jam, extended jam. Like every song was extended jam. We drove south side uh, Long Island, I think. Uh, yeah, Hicksville. I can't remember if it was fatally. It was a small place. But yeah, every song they just, you know. Well, everybody, we are now moving into the next two. You two moves on. And. Um, we have Guns N' Roses against Dire Straits. Now, this is a this is a tough one for me because I had um, I had uh, my three for Guns was Appetite, Use Your Illusion, and Lies, and then Dire Straits was Dire Straits, Making Movies and Brothers in Arms. Now, I thought Dire Straits went a little further with the albums. I just had trouble finding another great top three album for 
Guns N' Roses. Now, Use Your Illusion 2 was in there, but both of them were double albums. So who wants to start us up with anything on these other two bands? Uh, for me, it's Dire Straits. I mean, Guns N' Roses, uh, Appetite for Destruction is pretty much the beginning and the end. That's <laughs> yeah, a great album, but um, I, I love Mark Knopfler. I love his style of playing. I love Skate Away. He's got some tunes that I just love that I can hear anytime. And his, he's got that distinctive uh, style and tone. And um, he's, I, I, I wish, um, I wish I had seen them. And I actually would like to see him. He's come around in a few iterations solo, but I've never had the chance to see him. Yeah. Um, for me, so if I just picked, you know, the band that I want to move through, I'm going Dire Straits. But with this criteria and the three albums, I can't get a third Dire Straits album. There are some songs, but I've got Dire Straits and Brothers in Arms, and then a, a song here or there from the other, but I can't pick a third album. And with Guns N' Roses, it's Appetite for Destruction, uh, Lies, and Use Your Illusion. And to me, and I'm, I'm not a big Guns N' Roses fan, but for me, on that criteria, I'm going to move them through. But I like Dire Straits more. And I think, you know, I'm going to listen to Dire Straits more these days than Guns N' Roses. But so that's as clear as mud, I suppose. <laughs> well, you know, you know, they had Love Over Gold, uh, Communique. You know, Brothers in Arms was a big one. Um but yeah, I, 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 even though I'm, I'm gonna go with the Dire Straits side, not those that communique one or two songs, and it wasn't like they had a top eight, right. Like they did in their first album. Yeah, that's kind of what I you struggle know? with. Yeah, how about you, Papa Gig? I'm torn on this one. Musically, you know, I think I should pick Dire Straits, but viscerally, I want to pick Guns N' Roses, and you know. Reads to Appetite, Use Illusion 1 and 2. And I don't know if I could pick Lies because it's live, but um, yeah, I know we talked about the port, but just how they blew away hair metal. And I just think, you know, they almost burned too hard. They self destructed. They were, you know, rock and roll animals. But those couple albums for me, just the, just the visceral intensity, they punched me in the gut. And that's why I lean a little bit more toward the Guns N' Roses. Uh, so there you have it, Artie. You are our deciding vote. Who is it going to be? Is it is it Dire Straits going through, or is it Guns N' Roses? I lean towards Dire Straits. Oh, I see. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, you got the Sultans of Swing coming on your end there. <laughs> <laughs> Next two bands, interesting. We have Allman Brothers and Queen. This is really hard for me. Two bands that I love, but in a very different way. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got into Queen with Killer Queen back way back when. And to Keep Yourself Alive, I mean, that song just rocks. And then, you know, through the uh, Day at the Races, Night at the Opera, just all brilliant. But then I love the Allman Brothers just because of being able to see I saw them so many times live. And... Uh, so I'm basing a lot of my Allman Brothers preference on live performance as well as live recordings. You know, the uh, Live at the Phil Maurice is a top 10 live album of all time. And uh, Eat a Peach, uh, Idlewild South, uh, the, a lot of their early stuff. Um, trying, I'm looking at their, play, their uh, discography now. Well, you know, the funny part is I said, you know, hey, you can't pick a live album. But I think out of all the bands tonight, I did put – at the Fillmore because it was their second album. It wasn't it wasn't like their 10th album when they were, you know, they were already playing these songs live. So even though it was a live album, we gave them a little cred on that. But yeah, those are the three albums I picked, Allman Brothers Band, At the Fillmore, and Eat a Peach. Yeah, I read a, um, I, I recently just finished uh, Bill Graham's biography and he talks about the Allman Brothers quite a bit and how, um, Back in the days of the Fillmore, like the bands would be in the house all day rehearsing. It was just a completely different world, you know, music wise. Sure. And that they were seeing and hearing a lot of these bands for the first time. And Bill Graham was like enamored right off the bat with the Allman Brothers. 
And like they, the first time he saw them, they were playing the material that you know, that they were that wound up on live at the Fillmore East. And uh, I, this is a real hard one for me. Who else has to chime in on that? Well, for me, it's not hard. But I'm going to start by saying that I am uh, an Almond Brothers ignoramus. So um, I, I I know of all these song titles. I've never been a huge fan. Um, I inherited my dad's queen vinyl, uh, offerings. So queen, queen Two, night at the opera day at the races. I have all those on vinyl and I, I, I just love those albums. So by default or sheer laziness, I'm going to move queen. I'm going to vote for queen moving through. <laughs> sure. No, that's good. I like it. And you know, Papa Gig or YOLO? I lean towards Allman Brothers. I, I really like that Eat a Peach album. Um, but I don't know, they probably speak to me more than Queen. I like Queen too, but. Yeah. And Papa Gig? I'm a little bit like Todd. Like, neither of these bands are, you know, my wheelhouse. So they're not my go to bands at all. But uh, maybe I think Queen, they hit me when I was growing up. You know, I was kind of a young guy listening to those songs. It was. It was pretty cool hearing those songs on the radio. You know, they really stick with you. Um, you know, whether it's uh, the wildness of Bohemian Rhapsody or the sheer rock and roll of uh, we, we Rocky, We Are the Champions, like that one, man. That guitar solo when I was a kid, I probably played, that was probably my first killer air guitar that I really hit a lot as a kid. Yeah. So, uh, I, I lean a little bit more toward Queen, just I think at the time I liked it hit me and I'm at uh, Little Almond Brothers, just ignorance. Uh, what was your word, Todd? TD? Uh, ignoramus. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's no knock on the Almond Brothers. That's 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 you know totally on I'm me. But I just I was I just never been a fan. Um, just because I haven't I don't know haven't been exposed. I guess I lived under a rock. Well, I, I, it's going to come to me on this one, and there's a lot of pressure as I play the Under Pressure song uh, from Queen here. And um, But I am going to put Queen through. So the next two bands, everybody, we have the band, and we have Credence Clear Order Revival. So anybody, who's, who's really strong on one of these two bands, the band or CCR? Um, I'll start off. I would just say that the band has, I think, three or four songs that I really, really like. Uh, but Credence Clearwater Revival has about five albums that I absolutely love. And again, this is probably the influence of my dad. I'm, I'm like that commercial, you know, I'm becoming my dad. But um, why do we listen to Clear Creedence Clearwater Revival? Because I have it on vinyl from my dad, right? Everybody's tired of hearing that. I'm, I'm sorry, these seven listeners, but, um, you know, I have a whole collection of them. I grew up listening to them because uh, my dad was playing them all the time. And I've, I've always really just uh, loved the, 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 the musical you know, formations that they used. Uh, and like I said, there are three or four songs by the band that I love, but I can't point to a single album that I think, wow, that's a really go-to album for me. I, I think it's a great matchup. The band is one of those bands that take nothing away from them. I always think I should like them more than I do. And I do like them. But like I feel the music I like, you know, that when they backed Dylan, they were phenomenal. Um, and and even tonight's criteria, like I think if you look at music from the Big Pink and the band, those two records are great records. But CCR, any record, maybe you know, it's it's funny. Like their hits are sprinkled, like two on this one, two on that one, and like that '67 to '71 period, they put out a lot, of, you know, a lot of the records. You know, I couldn't decide which top three because. They're all equal. They all have a couple of great hits and then just good style songs. But talk about, you know, another guy who wrote a great three and a half minute rhythm and bluesy rock and roll song that had, you know, Southern rock that had some good feel, some good rhythm section that was catchy. It was sing along. You know, John Fogarty, it, he wrote a hell of a lot of good songs in a, a five year period or so. So going yeah. CCR. Yeah, there you go. How about you, DJ or YOLO? <laughs> oh, there it is. You still have it in the plastic. It's signed by John Fogarty. Really? Oh, I have I have an original pressing of that. Uh, that's one of my prized vinyl uh, collection pieces. 
This is the this is the track list for Cosmos Fact Me. Ramble Tamble, Before You Accuse Me, Traveling Band, Ooby Dooby, Looking Out My Back Door, Run Through the Jungle, Up Around the Bend, My Baby Left Me, Who'll Stop the Rain, Heard It Through the Grapevine, Long As I Can See the Light. Yeah. That's like a greatest hits album. I love that, that album. I love that album. And listen, they, they used a lot of those songs in a lot of movies. Um over time, uh, you know, late 80s into 90s. Because um, they so. define the time period. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yep. I was Perfect. just going to say, I, I enjoy, uh, you know, it's a, there's a lot of protest music in there. Uh, and I like that about them, too. You know, yep. there, there's a lot of anti-Vietnam yeah. uh, message in those songs. Um, I mean, Fortunate, I appreciate fortunate Son is... Well, I mean, that's that pretty much mm-hmm. defines that late 60s era, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, no. Hold on. We have a uh, let me move down. Oh, yeah. We have uh, two more. Oh, well, we'll put our uh, we'll put our sponsor audio file. So I'm going to push it right now. Let me get push it right now. Boop. <laughs> do you guys hear our sponsor? I do not. I don't. Yeah, because we don't have one. Oh. That's why we don't have a sponsor. I thought it was playing in the background. No, we have no, we have no sponsors. <laughs> we still, we got to get that rolling. I don't know. I, I think we got to hire someone. Who does, does anybody know anybody? Well, I, I had a little, I don't know. I had a little dream the other day, Pat. I was sure. the New Year geese. I was yeah. picturing us assembling, like the Mayus guys assembling, and then we could do remote for the other guys. But like maybe the first hour they open. And we do our podcast right there. If you want to trickle in as a live audience, oh, come. Jim, you're like a music it. fan. Like, sure. Well, we maybe could be like that Thursday night, four to five, or the opening hour in the summer, you know, try it twice. I like it. Record live at Yergi's. That's 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 killer, and the, and the summer is coming up. So and there you go. I think I think Giggs has a marketing degree that we didn't know about. <laughs> I, mean, I have a couple things I've been brewing. But I, just, <laughs> I ride I my bike and I have time to think. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's great. So the next two bands uh, we have are Aerosmith and the Doors. Um, interesting, real interesting matchup. So I, you know, just again, based on gut and, you know, growing up what I listened to, uh, my pick is Aerosmith. But if I, uh, I've really come to appreciate the doors. And, and we said this before that it was a, it was a really short career for the doors. Um, basically four years, five years. Um, but if you look at those albums in those five years, they're just chock full of great music and while i while i i've come to appreciate them much later in my musical lifetime i i i've got to move the doors through even though i've always been a big aerosmith fan and they have a great catalog and they've reinvented themselves a few times um so i mean if you're looking at longevity there's no comparison but yet i think for those four or five years that the doors were just like kind of concentrated awesomeness yeah who else papa gig dj i would echo cd exactly on that like for me though it's funny my introduction i listened to a lot as a kid with my older brothers i listened to a lot of doors as a little kid um and maybe i appreciate it one way that maybe i appreciate it a different way now but i'm with you td man for me my my top three albums i was going through thinking hard but it's really their first three records for me uh the doors strange days waiting for the sun Man, they had a lot of great songs in those first couple of years. And yeah, Ray Manzarek's Keys, I think that's a neat little element that, um, for me, it was maybe that stage of my life to the first band where the keys really hit me. Um, you know, Jim Morrison, before he maybe got too whacked out, the Lizard King, you know, but his early stuff was phenomenal. So I think Aerosmith's great, the reinvention, all that. Love the rock and roll, the, the America's Rolling Stones, but I'm um, yeah. going with the doors. And, you know, uh, Papa Gig, you, you even just let – left off of those three Morrison hotel and LA woman, right. You know, yeah. which is, you know, which is crazy that you could, you'd, you'd have to pick, but three out of the five, you know, that's like, I don't know. That's like the bachelor, the bachelor show. You, yeah. Who you pick, you know, come on. How about you DJ or YOLO? Who are you going with? We got two going for the doors already. I'm, uh, I'm with the you doors. Know, I, I don't know if I can stand Steven Tyler. 
He's a little too full of himself for me. So I'm gonna go with the doors. Sure. And you can't dream on. You can't dream on to the Stephen Tyler. No. No. He, he, every time I see him on TV, I shake my head. You know, they had they had a, their, their first two were good, and then later, you know, then their, their albums, one or two good songs, and you know, they did come back later on with some awesome stuff, which was great too. But yeah, I, I, I'm, you're gonna have to say I have to agree with the longevity, unless DJ's got something different. Now, Doors, the Mystique, the Raymond Zarek playing the bass lines on the key. Yeah, um, yeah. And that supernova, you know, compressed period of greatness. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I figured, I figured the Doors would be going on uh, with that one, too. But now now we have, we, we might have a, a quick uh, discussion on this one. And that's good. So we got Pink Floyd against the Eagles. We talked about the Stone Man on WPLR playing Pink Floyd all, the whole time. I, I think their body of work is just – I don't even know how much we can talk about the Eagles. But <laughs> I'm with the dude. Does anybody want so, to talk – does anyone want to talk about so the Eagles? I, I'm with the dude. I hate the fucking Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we talking football or are we talking music here? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. The Eagles are one of those bands. They write nice songs, but they don't. They don't hit me. No. You know, it's one's nice for yeah. the radio, but oh, it's the pooch. Yep. Mave says hello. Yeah. What's the dog's name? Mave. 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 You know, yeah. I recently heard that the if the Eagles were out today, they would be a country band through and through. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah so oh, yeah. I, I was just gonna say I like I like a few of the Eagles songs a lot. I'm Hotel California, obviously Life in the Fast Lane. You know, that kind of stuff. But for me, Pink Floyd, and again, I, I talked about this in the first round, but they had three distinct eras. And I love, love, love an album from each one of those eras. Uh, uh, the um, Animals, uh, or sorry, Dark Side of the Moon, uh, The Wall, which was the yep. Roger Waters. Like Dark Side of the Moon was a true band collaboration effort. The wall was pretty much all Roger Waters. And after they booted him out, I loved Momentary Lapse of Reason with David Gilmore kind of leading yes. the, the, the band in that direction. Uh, and I love all three of those albums. They're completely different. Uh, three different eras of the band's history. But um, I, I would move Pink Floyd through over the Eagles. Yeah, I have to agree that they um that was a no that was a, a slam dunk on that one just for quality of work and 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 longevity I guess let's put it that way. So let's just quickly move to the next two and this this might be a little tough one. This is Red Hot Chili Peppers against Rush. Um, so you know I don't you know yeah. Two completely, in my opinion, two completely different bands. Because when I was researching Rush, I was like, "Wow, their early stuff is not. It's it's just not. It's not like a polished modern band today." Yeah. Right, Papa Gig. What do you think of that? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Chili Peppers guy. Like I appreciate Rush, their musicianship, and I do like a lot of the songs. And once again, growing up, it hit me. But the Chili Peppers. Uh, I'm a Chili Peppers fan. I know we bashed Anthony Kiedis' vocals last time, but I, I like him. I, <laughs> I do, too. You know, throw away some of your other stuff. Like, give me Blood Sugar for three records. Give me Blood, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. And then when uh, Frusciante rejoined him again, and then they did Californication and By the Way, those two back to back. And I think Stadium Marquette in the third record after that was a great one. But yeah. give me Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, Californication, By the Way. I, I the have, Peppers, I have that. Me and Frusciante yeah. playing together. Yeah, yeah, I have that exact same that that same rundown. Uh, I I really like Chili Peppers, uh, and I would I would say Stadium Arcadium is my third album. Not by the way, but I love them both. But Blood Sugar Sex Magic Californication, Stadium Arcadium, and and I think Cadis really grew as a vocalist. I think he actually tried when he matured a little bit to be a vocalist and and not just a a front man, um, and. I, I really I really like them. So and I've never been a big Rush fan. A few songs here and there, but I was never never really into the that scene. Yeah, I think I think they had a run. 
And when I say run, it's it's not like they were just there for two years. They were there for a long time, um, but it's not like they had hit songs on. It's not like they had four hit songs on every single album. They, and then again, you know, you, you you're almost putting a progressive rock band against a non-progressive right. yeah. rock band. I don't yeah. know. You know, uh, Yolo and DJ, anything to chime in before we put a <laughs> red hot chili? No, I kind of through? agree with uh, with with the group here. And just by the way, you probably saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers sold their catalog for 140 million. Wow. You know, I'm trying to figure out which uh, Chili Peppers album, the one before Blood Sugar, Sex and Magic. I, I think and I think a lot of Chili Peppers fans think that that's the best album. The one with Magic Johnson, uh, I think Sexy Mexican Made. Uh, it's a solid album. And it's got a different sound, less commercial than a lot mm-hmm. of the albums that came after. Oh, yeah, Mother's that. Milk, I think it yep. is. Mother's uh, Milk, that, I think that's a the really good album. Had, but I don't know the track listing on it. The, uh, it's an album that you could just listen to the whole album and, and enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have to agree. Um, we'll put a we'll put a Red Hot Chili Peppers through on that one. And now this is this is this is could be a slam dunk, or or the metalheads are going to come through the window and uh, and break my computer uh, because <laughs> uh, because we have Black Sabbath going against the Grateful Dead and. Um, uh, not that many people in the in the podcast right here are um, aficionados of the Grateful Dead, so we might have to just throw it out to DJ. You know, DJ, what what do you got going well, on take, here? Take my heavy bias out of the equation. I think I would still go for the Dead. I mean, sure. if you, American Beauty, Working Man's Dead, and um, In the Dark are just three great studio albums. Oh, that's right. You know, it's funny because I didn't even pull in the dark in because I just thought the early stuff was just chock full of their stuff, you know? Yeah. Right? And I mean, the working man's dead and uh, American beauty have stood the test of time, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I like Black Sabbath, but. Yeah. Well, as a touring band, Dennis, don't you think that their early, their early work, because they were always touring, but their early work, along with them just pulling new songs out like a tour, it, this is early days, you know, you, you're talking early, 70s, early, you know, and then then they're like, oh, well, we don't really go into the studio anymore to make albums. We just, we tour. So it's not like, Black Sabbath that are practicing songs on a on a tour. They're playing their album. They're playing their hot hits. In the right? Dark came out in '87, and most of the songs had been in the concert repertoire since the early to mid '80s. And you know they've already they've already uh, you know been wood you know been in the woodshed. Great way to record the record. Yeah, and you know the Dead their their first album they bankrupt themselves because they just spent way too much time in the studio. Because they that's they kind of taught themselves how to do it. They did it poorly, but they're they're even though they're not really a studio band, they did eventually become good at it. But like Working Man's Dead and American Beauty, they went into the studio with the songs almost fully developed and somewhat rehearsed. And so they were able to make the album economically, which, you know, thrilled Warner Brothers. Uh, and and then it kind of set them on a uh, a more stable uh, path as a recording as you know as a recording band, even though they're they've always been a live act. Yeah, yeah, I do remember hearing one story, Dennis, where I think is when they were spending too much time in the studio on that one re- uh, album recording. It's either was Bobby or Phil that was like, no, we just. We just want, I just want to hear like noise, but it's not noise. It's nothing. Thick air. <laughs> like they, they wanted to hear thick air. 
<laughs> Yo, thick. That's right. That's that was right. Bobby. It was called. <laughs> that was Bobby. The, uh, what? the uh, producer quit. He walked out. Yeah. What is thick air, Dennis? I, do, I don't do think you, anybody to this day really knows. <laughs> Sometimes a good recording it's the spaces, though, right? You don't have to fill it with noise. The spaces between, you know? Yeah. Sure. Yep. Sometimes what made the dead good, like it t- what made Jerry good, is sometimes what he didn't play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think I think Joe, I'm not even going to play. No, I, not that I don't want to um, diss Black Sabbath, but um, there are some great uh, documentary or recordings of um, a Hunter talking about after uh, Jerry passed, where. Um, they, they would leave a bunch of mandolin out of the song. And then when you listen to it after it, you're like, no, that's awesome. But then you, you're you like, no, they had to leave it out. There was so much they could have put in those songs, right? Well, Dennis, they, they just the, left the out. The song you just played, Ripple. Um, yeah. It's got that mandolin uh, piece in it that really stands out. And Grisman just happened to be in town and... Uh, ran into Jerry and Jerry's like, Oh, we're recording something. You know, I have something that I think you'd be good on. And, uh, he actually plays mandolin up over the whole song. And there's a recording of it where you can hear what it would have sounded like had they left it on there. Nice. But sometimes the omission makes it more substantial. You focus on it more. Yeah. Dennis, yeah. What, why do they not play ripple later on? Nobody really knows. You know, they they uh, they they stopped playing it in the uh, in the early seventies. They brought it back in uh, nineteen eighty for the acoustic shows, um, and then they played it once electric in nineteen eighty eight uh, as part of a Make a Wish thing wow. for some deadhead at in down in Landover, and. I don't know why. I, I can't explain it. It's such a beautiful song. Well, we knew uh, we knew the dead were, were trucking on through to the next level <laughs> uh, and to the next round. Let's put it that way. And then the next two we have, we have Elvis Costello against Yes. Let's start it off with well, you, TD. Again, I'm not a I'm a, a I guess an appreciator of both of these artists. Totally different. Um, but I would have to say yeah. that overall, and, and I can't even, I can't even necessarily pick three albums from from either one. But I would say just as a overall body of work, I can probably identify more Elvis Costello uh, things that I that I really like um, and really yeah. enjoy. You know, different styles that he's done and uh, some of his quirky stuff. And uh, I, yeah. I'm gonna move. I'm going to I'm going to make a motion that Elvis moves through. But again, I'm not an aficionado on either one of these acts. So. So my personal opinion is, even though I love them both, I'm going to put yes through because I'm a progressive rock type of a guy. So I think we're even now. TD and me are even DJ Yolo or Papa Gig. You got to chime in on this one. Go ahead, Papa Gig. What do you got? I'm all I'm all over Elvis Costello. I really like him. You know, the early days, like the the punky new wave when he's recording for Stiff Records, and um, what he from in the what '77 to the mid '80s, he cranked out a ton of stuff. Like I had a hard time with the three records. I tried to look through and, and get three records, but he is a re, for me, he has a great body of work. And even his older stuff, like I kind of got into him again with the Spike record in the late '80s. Um, I saw him in concert, I think only once. Um, put on a great show, but yeah, even he got you know, he, he made a record with Burt Backrack. You know, he has his jazz stuff. His wife's Diana Krall, the amazing jazz artist. You know, he's uh, the guy, you know, he's just not that little punky, snotty British rock and roller. Like, he, he's you know, I think we all know he's earned his job. So, sure. you know, yeah, you know, you my aim is true, armed forces, and this year's model. You know, those are great albums. Right. And then for me, I, I looked at a record like Imperial I, Venom. I think I would, I'd have to lean towards Elvis Costello myself. I've always been a fan. Yeah. And DJ, what do you got? I was I could throw you a bone and say yes, but uh, I'm kind <laughs> of like, right? I'm, TV pretty much said it for me, too. You know, uh, it's 
I'd have to go with Elvis. I'm so sorry, Pat. No, it's okay. I'm I'm I, I take it with uh, I take it on the chin and with a grain of salt. And, yeah, um, so that's I value, but I just want you to know I value our friendship enough not to do anything stupid with Black Sabbath versus Grateful Dead. So. I just want to say that not to <laughs> not to move backwards. He was biting his tongue because he. What did he say? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I would we never, gotta... no I don't, I'm not a big Black Sabbath fan, and I yeah. certainly appreciate the Dead and and their contribution to you know culture overall. Sure. sure. Yeah. Well, the next two bands we have, we have Van Halen uh, against Cheap Trick. Now, if you look at their album work, uh, Cheap Trick has twice as many albums. Now, a bunch of them are live. And Van Halen has live albums too, but you got to remember Van Halen too went through of three singers. Well, technically, three singers, two original singers, and one was in twice or something. Does Gary Sharon count? <laughs> Gary Sharon, I think, might count. Uh, but yeah, so we got Van Halen against Cheap Trick, and listen, great musicians in both bands. Who wants to start us off with something? I'm going to start off. Yeah, I'm going to start off and I'm going to end with Edward Van Halen. Yeah. So, again, not not to just, you know, cop out there, but um, Cheap Trick, a couple songs I really like. Uh, And Van Halen, you know, a lot of their stuff, it was uh, honestly kind of sloppy. You know, like they they used to make fun of bands that would go in like they would make fun of Fleetwood Mac because they went in the studio for weeks and months at a time. And they're like, we're going to get in there in 72 hours and we're just going to record pure emotion. And it comes across that way. But it also you also think like, wow, what could they have done if they really tried, you know, Um, but but still, like, I think that raw emotion comes through and I I. I, this is an easy one for me. Van Halen. Now, they toured with someone. They warmed up for someone, and they were outshining them. I don't know if it was. It was Black Sabbath. It was, it was their first tour. Yeah. Yeah. To- Tommy Iommi pulled pulled Edward Van, Eddie Van Halen aside and said, hey, you got to tone it down a little bit. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're making us look bad. I just read that about two weeks ago. Tommy Iommi was uh, said that in an interview. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. How about you, Yolo? What do we got? You know, I'd have to go with Van Halen and their body of work and the quality of their albums. Uh, There's a lot of depth to their albums. Yeah. Yeah, even with the different singers, Art? (laughs) Yes, Yeah. yeah. How about you, Papa Gig? I'm going to quit a plug for Cheap Trick, even though I'm not voting for him. As a guy who likes a good, good power pop song, man, Cheap Trick had some great power pop. And I know we're not going to go live at Budokan and live records. That was my introduction to Cheap Trick. Great record. But Van Halen. Come on, Eddie Van Halen. And I'm a David Lee Roth, Van Halen era. So give me VH1, VH2. And surprisingly, I had to pick 1984, even though it was, you know, they kind of changed a little bit. But I'm... Those, t- those three records, man. Yeah, those yeah. are my three, too, only because... Um, you know, a hot for teacher. Who does not like that song? Yeah. And, <laughs> right? and 1984, <laughs> while it wasn't, while it's not my favorite Van Halen album, that's a great album, start to finish. There, there are no yeah. dogs on that album, it, and there were some dogs on some of the other Van Halen. That has offerings. the production, doesn't it? They tried maybe harder to reach the audience, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw something on TV not that long ago. I wish I could remember more of the details, but they talked to one of the uh, models who was uh, the teacher in Hot for oh, Teacher. Really? <laughs> like, well, where, where is she now type thing? And, uh, and did they find her? Yeah, she was, um, she's Nordic. Um, so it was one of the blonde, one of the blonde girls. And you know, she, she went on to a modeling career and, you know, but that was kind of a springboard for her. You know, she's most, you know, she's most known for that. Nordic for that. That's so funny. <laughs> well, yeah, I had a feeling Van Halen was going through on that one. So now that now the big one, this is the um, this is the title fight, I guess. This is the Rolling Stones against the Who. And I don't know. The more I was looking at those albums, the more when the Who sat down to make an album, I would love to know if they had 15 songs and they cut it to eight because they knew the other seven sucked. 
where the Stones <laughs> were like, throw it on the album, we're going to tour, and then yeah. we're going to make a new one next week. I don't know. Is, <laughs> is that just me, or does anyone else have that opinion? That's one of the things I love about this, Pat, because I like hearing people's interesting perspectives. Like, th- that made sense to me. Yeah. 100% that made sense to me. Yeah. You say that to people that you work with, they're going to, they don't know what you're talking about. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but this is a tough one for me, yeah, because I want to vote the Who because I grew up with them, but the Stones just hit me. You know, in that 68 to 72 period, it's a killer. And the three were, they were all from that period. Sticky fingers, eggs on Main Street, and a Vegas banquet. And then my who was the same as you, but Quadrophenia replaced Tommy. So, yeah, and the who, the who, I agree. They almost tried harder. They, they had different textures and styles. So tonight's criteria, I want to vote for the who. I grew up with the who, but yet I have to pick the Stones because they just, they just hit me in a different way. Okay. So I'm going with Stones, even though it's killing me to not vote for the who. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. I hear you. You know, this, their, their later stuff, too, was, you know, emotion. Listen. Emotional Rescue got great radio play, and it wasn't bad. Tattoo you, you know, undercover. Even though that was really poppy, they knew how to ch- turn stuff out. Yeah. So, so I was. I would say, you know, just on a gut feeling, my my pick here is the Rolling Stones, but they were much more prolific and just churn it out. And there were some absolutely amazing songs in there obviously in that whole catalog but but i agree with what you said earlier pat the the who kind of and i i, I agree with you it would be great to know if they had you know if they cut the the catalog in half to put out a solid cohesive hit heavy record every several years you know and um so it, this is tough for me and I, and I like both of them a lot and i don't think i'm a huge who fan I would say I probably like the Rolling Stones more, but on, on, I'm I'm going to vote to move the Who through. Oh, okay. So DJ, what what you got? You're up next. What do we got? Uh, you know, for me, it's I, you know I like the Who. I love Pete Townsend. I think he's a genius. Um, I, I think I think there's less waste in his songwriting. Maybe, uh, you know, because which is why everything seems so solid. But I mean, Sympathy for the Devil to me is one of the greatest songs ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if I had to take, take just three Stones albums, Let It Bleed, Sticky Fingers and Some Girls are albums I can listen to from beginning to end. There's not, there's not a weak link in the bunch. And I just for me, it's the Stones. You know, I think I like the soulfulness. Yeah, I, I think I like the soulfulness of the Stones. Um, That's a good I, point. I have a Stones album from 1965 uh, with the song "I'm Free" on it. Might have been the big song off of that album, but it, it's just amazing to think that they've been around that long. Uh, so it's an easy one for me, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, hmm. yeah, you know. Uh, you know, you hit that on the nail head too, Artie. Um, the soulfulness, they, you know, the who never accept. I, I'm not saying accept, and we talked about this before, Papa Gig. Um, the the Rolling Stones accepted the United States of America, you know, USA. They, you know, they got into the soul part of it. And I know a lot, the last episode, Artie, you were like, you know, they might have ripped off some like um, uh, some blues guys, but I don't know if they. What, it oh, I was talking about Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, the Stones didn't Led like Zeppelin, rip yeah. them off. They. They they wanted to emulate them. They were like, "This guy is great. I want to yeah. sing his songs." Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Robert Johnson. Yeah. All the early stuff. Yeah. It, they it was, took it and they channeled it. The early stuff. They they totally covered all the blues songs and their early stuff. Their first couple of records. They didn't write a lot of their own songs. You know, those English bands in the sixties, the Yardbirds, the Stones, Zeppelin. Yeah. They were the best thing to happen to the old American bluesmen. I, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Reinvent the catalog. Yeah. Get them back on the map. Yep. Yep. So there we have it. We have um, we have the Rolling Stones moving on, and we have the last two bands of the night. And um, you know, Santana has a little more, al- a couple more <laughs> albums than Tom Petty. Um, but when I actually was looking through that, I was like, yeah, you know, you know. 
you know, they did play, you know, Woodstock and, you know, the first Santana, Evil Ways, Savior, Jingo, Persuasion, and then uh, Oikomovan, Abraxas, and then, oh, there's there's nothing in my next column. And it doesn't mean that they didn't put out a good album because they put out a lot of them, but nothing hit me, if you know what I mean. I, I'm not a big Santana fan through the years. Great musicians, great He's great and stuff, but when then you look at at Petty's work, and I know uh, Papa Gig, you're you're a big Petty fan, but um, I don't know. I was I listened to American Girl on the way home from work today five separate times because the opening of that song, and yeah. then when he goes chick chick, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the best part of the song, the, yeah. the beginning part of that song. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, th- there's your winner, <laughs> you know. Right? You know, Papa Gig, start us off on that. I never realized, you know, early in life, I loved Tom Petty. For me, it was Damn the Torpedoes. My brother bought that home in '79, whatever, and then boom, you know, I, I the first two albums I didn't catch live, so to speak, you know. But I've been a fan since Damn the Torpedoes. His body work for 40 years kills me. But what you're saying, Pat, I didn't realize this when I was younger. The, the craftsman that Petty was. You know, of course, I've read about him. Like, Damn the Torpedoes, what they say? Refugee. They recorded, I think, like 90 times in the studio. Yeah. Well, they took the final recording. Yeah. You know, Petty was a craftsman. Like, he comes off as this 70s chill stoner dude, but he's just a craftsman who worked hard at his art, who channeled one. Like, this is a great show, but if you guys, if you have Sears Radio, listen to Barry Treasure when Tom Petty's the DJ. If you want to hear a guy talk about music, Listen to Tom Petty's Buried Treasure radio show. He's, I love, you know, it, I, I get sad listening to his voice. But anyway, to focus on tonight, give me, uh, give me, give me Dan and Torpedoes, give me Full Moon Fever, his first solo record, and then probably give me Wildflowers, his second solo record, or Echo. I'm tied in, but uh, yeah, for those three. But you could go from beginning to end of his catalog. Right. Uh, yep. TD, what do you got? I, I just absolutely love this song. Uh, and I love, I, I just like everything Tom Petty did start to finish. Um, I remember this being one of the first songs that really caught my ear on the radio as a kid. Um, and, and I just always loved Tom Petty after that. And then again, I said this before in a previous show, when we talked about Tom Petty, uh, one of my great regrets in life is never seeing him live. Uh, and and turning down a, a a face value ticket to see him at Red Rocks in Colorado. No, I got to work tomorrow. You know, like <laughs> what a what a dumbass. Uh, you know, have so, to have a separate a separate episode for that incident. Oh, <laughs> it's just you know that's like like you know, can I get a do over? Please, yeah, that would be it. <laughs> Rock and roll regrets. Uh, yeah, we, we exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, anyway, jot that down. The concert you didn't go to, the record you didn't buy. Yeah, I've got a, I've got the the Berlin Wall falls in, into that category for me, but uh, that's a story for another day. <laughs> I'll say I have a little bit of uh, Tom Petty regret. I mean, I've seen him and I like him, and for this in this particular bracket, it's a no brainer. Uh, but I find myself appreciating him more and more, and yeah. wishing that I was. Uh, Paying more, not that I wasn't paying more attention. I don't know what it is. I just, he, he keeps growing on me and I'm reading more about how he created and more about the, uh, and I'm listening more to some of the deeper stuff that I didn't hear in the past. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I mean, he was brilliant. And Come Mike Campbell's a great guitarist. And, ask, and he's a deadhead. <laughs> can I ask you a question? Is it the second half of his career that you find yourself getting, your, getting more into? Because that's when he died, I found I rediscovered the second half of his career. And as an older guy, I connect with those songs, and those songs are so amazing. I regretted that I Yeah, I, I, think, I think that would be accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. The album Echo? Oh, my God. This, people don't talk about the album Echo. The album Echo is amazing. Yeah. 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 And YOLO, amazing. what do you got? You have to go with Tom Petty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because he, it, only because American Girl and I just played Mary Jane's Last Dance. He loves to start some of those songs with just, I don't know, 
almost like, I don't know how many bars of just like a guitar riff. And I'm wait, you're waiting for him to start to sing. And another reason why I liked him, and I'm not saying I compare him so much to Bob Dylan, but when he sang it, almost like he was out of breath and then he had to take a new breath to sing the next chorus. And uh, he's a unique voice, you know. Here comes my girl. And he, 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 he didn't even pitch it. He just used mm-hmm. all his diaphragm, sang the lyric, and then had to take another deep breath and sing again. But unlike Dylan, he could sing. <laughs> His delivery is amazing. You know, yeah. other people—it's like Sinatra. You give that song to somebody else, they don't do it. They, yeah, they can't do it. Yep. that's okay. good. That's good yeah. comparison. Yeah, that yeah. is a good comparison. And um, you know, it's so—it's—it's it's sad. You know, Santana is a great musician, and the band was great. But you know, Tom—that was this is a, a knock out of the parts. Tom Petty uh, getting crazy, and you know, Dennis, I can't remember an Artie. I think you were at the show. We saw Bob Dylan at Stony Brook, maybe on a Thursday night. Yeah, we, that's, I've been thinking. We about went that. to Printer's <laughs> Devil and had a couple of drinks before, and then it was yeah. a Thursday night. I didn't know if you were there with us, Dennis. I think it was me, Ed. I don't remember, but I bet you he I, sucked. <laughs> I was there. Well, well, the funny part was that was back in the day when we would write. I would write the songs on my ticket stub, and then yeah. I got home the next day. I went to work, and I was like. Oh yeah, that was a good show. And then I read the article in Newsday, and it and the the writer's article is the all the songs are completely different than my list because they all sounded this. He, he sang the show. He, he sang the show in Hebrew, and we couldn't understand a word he was saying. And he didn't tell us that he was singing the show in Hebrew, and we just thought he was mumbling through his words. Wow! The whole show. I and he never told anybody. I might have mentioned this in um, when we did the first uh, get together that I was that you guys had me on. Uh, I love Dylan. I love his songs, but it turns out that I love other people doing his songs. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would agree see, with that. I've seen, I've seen Dylan probably fifteen times, sure. and I kept waiting for that moment, and it never came. <laughs> and you know, it just I just gave up. I mean, I mean just. You like I mean, there, were, there were times I was he was one of my favorite songs is positively fourth street and he was halfway through the song before I understood one of the lyrics and I'm like oh this is positively fourth street <laughs> but he's an artist yes, so. yeah, yeah, but, but yeah Tom Tom Petty moving on and and listen I'm gonna say this early um I have a feeling Tom Fetty might be making it to the finals. This is some great stuff coming on. <laughs> so now we are ready for our time machine question of the day. And the time machine question is, you're going back in time in our special time machine. I just reupholstered all the seats in it, just to let you know, because we had two weeks off. And I put a new uh, sushi bar in the corner. If Thanks, that's going to help you pull anybody in on the historical visit. Uh, we, we have the revoc- we, we, you know, we have the meat bar, the salad bar, we have the seafood bar, and now we have the new sushi bar. And uh, so so you're going to go back in time and you're going to find a historical figure and you're going to pick them up. And then when you bring them, you're just going to bring them back. I guess we're all going to meet. Not a big party after it, just maybe a cocktail party. But you're going to turn them on to a song or a band. And um, hopefully the matchup is good. You know, uh, if it's bad, you know, I don't think you would match up like Nick Drake with Genghis Khan. <laughs> you know, those completely two different guys. So uh, there we go. Boop, boop, boop. We get right into the time machine and we're going to we're going to get uh, we're going to let uh, T.D. Whitman go first. Where are we going and what music are you going to crank after you pick this historical figure up? Uh, so we're going to Mongolia. And it's funny you mentioned Genghis Khan because uh, that's who I'm picking up. Nice. And, I like uh, it. And we're going to play – I'm going to play some Iron Maiden for him. Yes. Uh, so I got three songs uh, to lead off, uh, Run to the Hills, The Trooper, and Ace is High. So those three are all really fast-paced uh, and they're you know war-based songs. Run to the Hills is you know about Native Americans – on the plains, uh, the trooper is about the Crimean War, uh, charging the Russian guns, and Aces High is the Battle of Britain, 
taking on uh, the, the RAF, taking on the Luftwaffe in 1940. And uh, they're all super fast paced. I think Genghis would be a huge fan. I could see him banging his head. Do, will and, he just uh, really, destroy the time machine? Is he gonna? Uh, he's not. No, no. You're, the no. time machine is safe. Uh, sure. Okay. Good. Genghis good. and I go way back, so it's gonna be okay. That's it's right. Be okay. I would never put the time machine in danger. Excellent. Excellent. I like it. I like it. And uh, DJ, <laughs> who are we pulling in? Who are we going to get? And what are we gonna listen to? Now, this might let, tell me if this is acceptable. Uh, I'm going to pick up Alexander Hamilton. Oh, I like it. He's good. He and he's wearing he's and wearing his fancy shirt with the with the bow he and is. stuff. He's he's. Uh, I will be considered underdressed. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to listen to Hamilton. Oh, all right, awesome. Now, for you guys, I won't bore you to death, but I'm a history. I'm a. I, I love history. And listening, taking a ride with my daughter years ago, she played the Hamilton soundtrack for me. And I just, I was like, this is fantastic. And I, I, went, all, I went all in, including reading the book that it's based on. And uh, I took a couple of walking tours with an historian in New York City. And he's what, just, what an amazing uh, historical figure. And the play is brilliant. And so I would like to see uh, what his take on the play is. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Very cool. And YOLO, who are we going to get? All right. I'm going with um, – I might throw you guys a little bit here with this one, but I'm going with Lyndon B. Johnson and his great society. And, you know, I, I just think what an exciting time, you know, uh, he was able to pass just such enormous legislation, you know, Probably, I don't know if any president ever passed as much legislation as he was able to get through. Um, and I, the person or the music I would probably bring on board would be Marvin Gaye. Ooh. And uh, probably that album, Ooh. What's Going On. Nice. Cool. I just think that that would be a great pairing. Uh, you know, that's a, that's uh, Mercy, a, Mercy, nice Me, What's there. Going On. Uh, what? I said that's a, a so nice I, I, that um, would, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I think I was. I think I. Yeah, and I think it ties into what's going yeah. on today with the infrastructure yeah. bill and stuff that uh, you know um, Biden is trying to pass. Um, makes me wonder if we're duplicating a little bit of that that time period of the late sixties. I like it. I like it. I like it. Very good. And um, <laughs> and uh, Papa Gig, who are we going to get? First of all, Pat, this is a fantastic question. This is this is really great. I love hearing these answers. I, I love everything I heard tonight, but I'm loving these answers and the pairing and the mixing. And this is this is it's cool. So I thought this was going to be a hard question, but right away, Mark Twain came to me, and he's hanging out with Neil Young. Now the record, the record kind of surprised me. So I'll, two of my heroes, Mark Twain and Neil Young, come on, I'm going to have a good time. We're probably going to take a good walk or hike in. Uh, I was figuring out which national park. We're probably going to go to Yellowstone, though. Okay, we're going to find like a – actually more of a prairie. We're not Because Mark Twain, I picture more in older life, so we're going to walk a nice prairie, some good mountain views. And we're, gonna, we're actually going to go to um, Russ Never Sleeps, and we're going to start with the last two records – or the last two songs, excuse me. We're going to listen to uh, Pocahontas and then Powderfinger, and then we're going to go back to the first song. And I'm going to see – Mark Twain, see if he shakes his hair and rocks out to Hey, Hey, My Mom. So <laughs> my progression. The last two songs, I want to hear the folky um, Neil Young sing about history with Pocahontas and Powderfinger. And then I want to see Mark Twain rock out and shake that hair to Hey, Hey, My Mom. I like it. That's awesome. Very good. Very good. Very good. Well, I share a birthday with Mark Twain. Oh, bless you. What, what is that? I don't know what <laughs> You'll have to look it up. November 30th. <laughs> he is an American treasure. He is, I think, the most interesting Americans ever. Yep. Now, I am, gonna, I am going to pick up uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, with his riding pants on. And we're going <laughs> to scoop him up and he's going to say, what is going on in this time machine? And as soon as he walks in, I, <laughs> no, I'm more on the comedy side of it. 
I am going to crank the theme from Rawhide, but done by the Blues Brothers from the Blues Brothers movie. <laughs> because that song rocks. And I just have a feeling T.D. Roosevelt, you know, whether he's drinking whiskey with me or, or a, a warm beer, because that's what they drank on, you know, when they're riding horses. He's going to love. There he is. He's going to love that song. Rawhide. <laughs> and snapping of the whip. He'll, he'll probably have his own whip. You know, probably wicked in there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the Rough Riders because he's a Rough Rider, you know, and and nothing crazy, no metal, just you know the Blues Brothers, you know. Boom, there you go. Well, there you have it, guys. We got we got our historical figures, our songs. We got through this bracket, and I want to thank you guys again for joining us. Stay on for a second. I'm going to play a little uh, Matt Bolton to get us out. We're going to say goodbye. I'll name you out, and then stay on for a second so I, yeah, I can get download all your stuff. Okay, so thanks again, uh, again guys. DJ, say goodbye to our I – think, I think we're up to like 10 listeners now. There we go. Guys, <laughs> uh, Great bracket tonight, guys. Everyone have a good weekend. Okay, pop a gig. Yeah, good stuff. This is heavy duty in the playoffs, baby. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yo 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 Have a great night, and uh, I really enjoyed tonight. It was a lot of fun. And TD Whitman. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to tip your bartenders and waitresses. <laughs> there you go. And remember, <laughs> this is what we think of when we're stuck in timeout. Thanks again.